Hello, and welcome to Have a Nice Apocalypse. I'm your host, Marcelo Pico. With me, as always, for this show, that's always been called Have a Nice Apocalypse, is the other co-host of this show, with the yes. other host. You know, what's the difference? Host, yeah. co-host, he's a host on this show. Who are you? Sure. I am the other co-host, Marcus Irving. Hello. Welcome back, Marcus. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for welcoming Glad to me to, have to my you own back. show. <laughs> it, was, yes. it was sketchy there for a second. You know, I, I didn't think you were going to come back. I thought it was just, just going to be me by myself for the rest of this. But no, could not happen without you. What are we doing here on this episode? Oh, all right. All right, Marcelo, what have we done up to this point? What have we done? What have we done up to this point? Previously, we started with Have a Nice Apocalypse. Yes, we started with where, with Richard Kelly's beginnings in his first film. We did a commentary for Donnie Darko. We did a commentary. We did uh, more shit about Donnie Darko. (laughs) (laughs) And then we did a commentary for Domino. And then we did some more shit about Domino. That's four episodes. And. This entire time I've been thinking we've been thinking we've been thinking like, okay, we're just gonna do this with Donnie Darko thing and then move on to Strat Southland Tales. But something keeps getting in the way. We're like, no, we should probably go back and discuss this a little more. And last episode I thought we were really going to finally get into Southland Tales, but there is one last thing in our way before we can finally start talking about Southland Tales. And I think we're finally going to get that out of the way today, Marcelo. We'll see. Uh, but yes, <laughs> we had. Yeah, I guess we 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 had to read the prequel uh, comic, three volume prequel comic. Uh, yes. I think I think just called Southland Tales: The Prequel Saga. Um, and uh, this graphic novel, this comic book, whatever you want to call it, um, was released a few months before the theatrical release of Southland Tales. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few months after the disastrous cons uh, premiere, um, but yeah, uh, uh, we read it for this podcast. We're gonna go through it, scene by scene, line by line. We're gonna uh, analyze it, uh, sure. and we're also gonna talk about what else are we talking about on this episode, Marcus? There, there was also a uh, a uh, an animated short that is featured on the Blu-ray for Southland Tales. I'm not quite sure what this was made for if this was was it made for the was it made for the blu-ray release or was it like think, released online as a teaser thing i, I think we what? have to come but, back for a second episode just discussing god hell no why for that thing, no. this short exists and why no. it was made some analysis no, talk about <laughs> we need to look up what the director of that short did uh, previous and, I guess, and, yeah. and you know and after and then discuss that but no no I don't know we'll no, get no. we'll we'll get into it I'm not exactly sure why or by who or you know Richard Kelly doesn't even have a credit on it I don't think uh, it was made by, by his production company I think but I don't know it's it's an odd short we'll, we'll get to it I think we'll save that for the end yeah yeah as the dessert uh, let's go for the steak first though the big honking stick. So, about this prequel saga comic book thing. Okay, it's like what over three hundred pages total, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I read it all this morning. Um, uh, Marcus, t- uh, talk about how you read it, and then we'll talk about 
as of this recording, we're recording this at the end of, uh, at the end of March 2021, uh, the availability of this thing. So first, you go first. How did you end up reading this uh, prequel saga? Yeah, so I, I read the the entire graphic novel in what I believe is the only current legal way to get a hold of this graphic novel, yes. which is through buying the, not the new Arrow Blu-ray, buying the old Blu-ray of Southland Tales. Maybe the DVD has it, I don't know. But f- somehow they have... Um, scans of every page of all three of those graphic novels in there that you can just like flip through and uh, it's a little inconvenient but that's that's how I ended up reading the whole thing yeah um, uh, and you read it how Marcelo uh, I don't want to say how but uh, you did mention you know the way you read it I think currently yeah. yes it is the only uh, legal way to read it and have access to it because right. it's not on the market uh, I think currently on Amazon, what it's um, out of print. I think I think yeah, uh, it's a thing you can get for like a thousand bucks on yeah, eBay or something. It's insane. Uh, I don't know the I don't know what the legalities of of why it's out of print or you know I can't understand why Richard Kelly, you know, if if he wants to make this into a franchise, Southland Tales as a franchise, maybe he should you know get the rights to this or make sure you know they're reprinted because. Yeah, this this seems like a vital part of the Southland Tales saga. Um, these, it does. These, this three-volume uh, uh, graphic novel. But no, to answer your question, Marcus, uh, uh, I had to download it illegally. Yes. Sorry, Richard Kelly. Um, but hey, you know, maybe, maybe... Think of this, Marcus. Maybe this podcast will be the reason why this comic book comes back into print. Imagine that. Maybe this That'd would be, be great. That the, would be great. The most popular episode of podcasting ever it'll top the podcast charts <laughs> move over conan o'brien move over uh that one podcast with warnet and jason bateman and then the other dude um and then move over office ladies it's going to be have a nice apocalypse it'll be uh the zeitgeist podcast of the moments and everybody will want a copy of the southland tales right. prequel saga book graphic novel or, or even better if if that dream scenario happens which it will um even better uh this this graphic novel it comes out it's available but what else is available a graphic novel adaptation of the pr- the previously existing southland tales film and <laughs> the new prequel film that it that is and that is an adaptation of this graphic novel, which is what Richard Kelly is trying to get made. <laughs> okay, so to my understanding, well, actually, I have no understanding of it. I've read, I think you've read more about it than I have. So let's let's get into that real quick, okay? Because this is this could be a segment on the show, just this reoccurring Richard Kelly news. What is Richard Kelly up to nowadays, right? Uh, what yeah. year did the box come out? What, 2009? I don't know. We yeah, should, a very a good, good guess. That sounds like a good guess. Good guess. Um, of course, I'm the guy you got to toss the You have to know dates these facts. All the time. 2009, you nailed it. You nailed oh, it, right. Perfect. It's a wild guess, but I got it right. Yes. Um, since then, he, I'm sure maybe he's done some do- script doctoring. I'm sure he's like, you know, uh, done some odd odds and ends, but he hasn't been a director. 
of a film no. since then. Um, but lately, in the last like year or two, he's been hyping up his uh, plans for a Southland Tales. Um, what exactly? Tell me, Marcus. Uh, we we, so, we we might have covered this on the show before, but just to reiterate, since we're already we're we're here at Southland Tales, okay? This this is the tales of the Southland Tales now. What is Richard Kelly's plans for Southland Tales? As far as I understand it, it basically seems that he always envisioned it as two films, and it's kind of like Star Wars, where the first film. Um, ended up being parts three, four, and or, or four, five, and six. And then the second film would be a prequel and it'd be parts one, two, and three. And those, and those parts are what are covered in this graphic novel. So technically he would be adapting this graphic novel into a film, probably using the same stars, uh, 16 years later <laughs> is what he wants to do. Okay, and uh, you know we we wish him a hell of a lot of luck on exactly. that. Exactly. No, not I. I don't want to sound like uh, you know. I don't think this will get off the ground. You know, hopefully it will. I mean, uh, I I poo pooed the the Snyder cut uh, for years before that became a yeah. reality. Um, but who knows? Uh, I do, I I personally don't see that happening. Him him gathering everybody back. I'm sure he can't pin down Will Sasso. You know, uh, he's gonna have a hard time getting that guy back. <laughs> that's the one. That's, yeah, the, that's one. the one. That's the because that's the deal breaker. And Fortunio is the key. If you, if you don't have Fortunio, nothing exactly. Works. Fortunio is a major but, player in in this in this in this prequel saga. Um, but wasn't there? A, he he wasn't wasn't Kelly also saying something about like an animated sequence or something about animation? I I I, I, I could see. Yes. Yeah, you're right. He wants to like make that movie like a a like a. Uh, uh, combination of animation and live action. You're, you're right. Yeah, I forgot about that at d- detail. Uh, but anyway, I mean, again, we we wish him the best. Hopefully, um, I don't know who's going to end up. If it happens, I don't know who's going to end up picking it up. Um, wh- where do you think it would land, Marcus? Like, who do you think would produce Southland Tales? You know, uh, uh, one, one, two, and three, or I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, Southland Tales Zero. Um, well, if I won the lottery, I would do it myself, <laughs> <laughs> as I'm sure you Wait, would too, myself. But it depends, because like if you won like five million dollars, you, you uh, I, no. <laughs> I don't think you could back it up. Because uh, let's I, say I win that big jackpot, I'm one of those one billion dollar okay, winners. Uh, yes, for a billion dollars. Yes. Yes. You'd yes. have to give Richard Kelly about five hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I would gladly do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> But uh, since I'm not going to be doing that anytime soon, and it seems that <clears throat> well, who's a studio recently that, or a distributor, a distributor recently that recently caved to <laughs> uh, massive fan backlash and demand to have a film released. Hmm. I don't know if there is such a cowardly. Uh, studio yeah. today that yeah. uh, you know, but uh, uh, you know that just gives me a, br- a brilliant idea. Uh, let's hashtag restore the Kelly verse. Okay, <laughs> yes, let's, let's bring please, back yes. uh, Kelly's universe. Let's uh, let's get uh, you know. Uh, realistically, 
I wouldn't say Netflix would do it uh, because no. it seems like Netflix is kind of a bit more cagey with money nowadays and, and projects being uh, off the ground. Uh, Apple TV, eh, maybe too snooty for Southland Tales. Uh, their loss. Um, Amazon Prime, I don't know. Maybe I could see it on Amazon Prime. Maybe. Yeah, they got they got the right amount of, of money and and dumb stupid stuff. They, they <laughs> yeah, might do that. Yeah, because it yeah. seems. I'm sure you also feel this way, Marcus. But like, don't you think like these. These companies, these media companies are kind of just also just extended like brands. It's like Netflix is a brand. Yes. Amazon's a brand. To me, Amazon is yeah. more like the the dude bro of all these brands. And, you know, okay. don't don't get me uh, don't get it twisted, Marcus. I'm not saying South End Tales is heavily like a dude bro thing, but it can't be perceived as one. And I could see it's, this. I could see this falling in line with a, something like uh, the boys that Amazon puts out, or uh, I can't think of any other Amazon show. Uh, <laughs> uh, with that Nazi one with Al Pacino, right? You know, it seems kind of like yeah. Amazon's bag. So yeah, Amazon Prime. I'm looking at you right now. Fund this poor man's pet project. This this this, yes, this passion project that he's, that he's had for the last fifteen years. All right, so that's us bullying uh, and Amazon and Prime. Let's, and let's finally talk about. Let's get into it. Let's talk about what the Snyder Cut. No, let's talk about <laughs> oh. what they would be funding, which is an adaptation of this graphic novel. Marcelo, do you personally feel, after reading this, that that would be a worthwhile goal? I'm going to be. Would you like to see this cinematically? I'm going to be brutally honest. And say, I would like to see about what's forty uh, percent of what's in this book. I think is worth adapting into a feature film. <laughs> the other sixty percent, I can I can give or take. Um, I, and yeah. also, I, I'll say it doesn't seem it doesn't feel like a a story that can hold up on its own. It just feels very much like filler for the movie itself. Yeah, I I, I fully agree with that. It it feels like a thing that is that it it I fully agree. Like what you just said, you nailed it. I I think it, it we'll feels in the like, episode. That's the end of the episode. Yeah, and and we're done. <laughs> it <laughs> feels like something that that they. It does not feel like a planned uh, first half of a uh, of two movies. It feels like. Uh, people don't understand the movie in our test screenings. Let's find a way to make them understand it. Here, put out this this graphic novel. Um, yeah, I, that I I think you nailed it with that. Um, because yeah, it 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 does answer a lot of questions actually um, mm-hmm. uh, from the movie and fills in a lot of blanks. Um, and I think the only way. It could have ever worked like to see like this stuff on page on film is if Kelly if he managed to make this a franchise if like he, I don't know if he could have figured it out and like filmed it like in order you know maybe made maybe just two movies maybe three he would have I think it would have been a successful trilogy back in the day you know if everything worked out 
like you know i don't know I, yeah. I i don't know what crazy scenario i'm thinking of like in a crazy scenario in which he does do a trilogy of movies you know back in you know 2006 uh i would have loved to have seen stuff from this novel you know on screen and like you know i don't know like if he ended up making a miniseries maybe you know of this whole story that would have been interesting to see but as it stands now i mean i think the movie itself speaks for itself and you don't really need the stuff here in this graphic no. novel. I don't know if you agree or not, Marcus. Although there's a few things I, I, I do enjoy that's in here, you know, that, that to me is like canon, but otherwise yeah. I can, I can, I can lose a lot of this. I like more specifically, I, I I'm, I'm in general agreements with you so far. Like I, I great. Let's end the episode. No, God damn it. <laughs> I, I, we, I think that, there's a lot of stuff that like, yeah, it fills in a lot of gaps, but it, some of those gaps I feel like are worthwhile to be filled. And some of them I feel like aren't, and I'm going to, and I kind of like the mystery of it more. <clears throat> like, uh, look, let's like maybe I, I, I like, I like the explanation more of fluid karma. I like yeah. the, 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 uh, they got they got more time to explain what the hell fluid karma is exactly how it works how the uh how it like uh it can fuel everything within a certain amount of radius like a wi-fi signal like that 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 stuff like if it's in the movie i never picked up on it honestly and the how it came from like the serpent's tunnel that like wraps around the oh yeah the core of the earth like a snake like That is stuff that, again, if it's in the movie, I never picked up on it in my fucking 16 years of watching this movie. Oh, and... But, yeah, go I, on. I just want to say, I'll jump in real quick and say, like, I don't know if we should try to describe the plot of this prequel novel. Because if... I think if we try to do that, we'll also have to just explain the plot of Southland Tales for anybody who doesn't know. But then I asked myself, yeah. like, well, a lot of this is just so infused into the movie itself i guess maybe we can try to explain it what do you think (laughs) the the uh no i don't think we have to i i think we can just generally (laughs) say that we're gonna talk about things that can spoil parts of southland tales because like this itself spoils southland tales the, the the movie that exists yeah um, and also, I, I, pretty pretty explicitly. Yeah, I, I I wonder how people felt like reading this before the movie came out. Like, how many, what percentage of people like were excited for Southland Tales? Maybe you were, Marcus, right? Maybe I was too. But I did. I never went to my local, you know, comic book store and picked this up. I I don't think I even had any idea this was out. You know, when it was out. Yeah. So imagine like getting excited for this movie. Reading this before seeing the movie and just being utterly confused. Like, what is going on? Who are these characters? Is that The Rock? I yeah. can't even tell. These yeah. drawings are so bad. They're, um, they're, they're, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. The the art is terrible. Yeah. I, it, it, it feels like... Uh, like I don't want to shit on the artist or whatever, but it, it feels like... Uh, it feels like uh, storyboards... Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's, like they were roughly sketched out, and they didn't put any detail into them. My, my, but my, anyway, I'm not so against the style as like I'm against. Like, if this is a 
you know, a, 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 a graphic novel based on characters from a movie, why not draw them as close to the people yeah. in the movie as possible? So that I can make, make them, sense make of them things. look like they're, yeah. they make, make them look like they're supposed to look. Yeah. I, yeah. I, at I least, at least give me that. Okay. Um, uh, uh, what, uh, what's some what, other good shit? Like, what do we even do? What, what do I like about it? <laughs> no, I, I like, uh, here's another thing I like. I like the explanation of the bleeders. Like, uh, Justin Timberlake has that line when he's talking to Martin Kefauver, uh, late in Southland Tales. <clears throat> and he's, uh, trying to sell him the fluid karma injection. Um, he uh, he he said he has the line. Do you bleed? And oh. you kind of don't understand what that means, and like you take it literally. And this like explains what a bleeder is, which is like somebody who can see through time. Which is, I'm guessing, that's what Sean William Scott was doing when he was uh, waving his hand in front of the mirror when he first woke up as oh, Roland. Oh, that explains that. Um, yeah, it does. Like, yeah. There, there's some gaps in there that are interesting that they fill. Um, but I, I guess I, I wanted to say before, it's like um, I think this only works for us. Because uh, wait, was this was this your first? This was your first time reading this thing, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I never bothered to seek this out before. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this works a lot better for me and for you. I'm guessing. I'm assuming because we already know the movie so well, right? That we do, and uh, I. Let me mention something I enjoy. Maybe my favorite thing of this whole uh, comic is it wasn't until like the last section, you know, part three of this thing, like 200 pages in that we get to my favorite part where uh, we see the flashbacks. You you mentioned it uh, before, like of Justin Timberlake's character and Sean William Scott's character together in war. Yeah. And that, that was great to see on the page. And I like to see that backstory because i think in the movie itself you know you you get that you don't really get that sense that they knew each other that well uh, for the longest yes, time in that movie until the very end fully, right i think i, I don't know, fully I think, agree yeah um that was my favorite and, and like and I, I will say that that um i agree getting to know more of uh getting to know that they had more of a relationship because that's something the movie doesn't get across i don't think well enough but so like i i agree with you there that that part of it is good but i think that part specifically takes away a couple like really magical moments in my mind about the movie um because they explain I think they give too much detail explaining what the friendly fire incident was that uh, oh you think so Roland was involved in I yeah I I kind of I never fully understood it and I I uh, I guess I built it up in my mind to be more than what it was which is like what it ends up being is uh, Roland uh, he threw a grenade and it. Uh, exploded near he he thought he took he mistook uh, Justin Timberlake's character for the enemy and he threw a grenade at him and it the the shrapnel is what shredded his face that's why he looks like that and I I I don't know I, I don't I don't love having that information I guess and I also don't I really kind of dislike knowing that all these things that I've done by the killers oh yeah is tied to something like I, 
I don't know. I like that being this weird magical realism moment rather than to have it have some sort of uh, actual resonance with the film and the characters in it. I'm going to, I mean, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean and I'm going to disagree with you and okay. Yeah. We can end the podcast there. Um, but no, I, I just feel the complete opposite when it comes to uh, the friendly fire thing. Because I don't think... Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it wasn't explained in the movie, really, at all. It was just yeah. mentioned. And I, I liked having that void filled for me, that explanation. I said, okay, that makes sense now. More sense sure. than it does in the movie. So I enjoyed that. And I don't know, I didn't mind you know, knowing where the uh the song comes from you know that's that's here and the origin of that so stuff like that i didn't mind at all and i would be happy just to consider that canon you know i keep saying canon but it's just two things we're talking about (laughs) this book and the movie um that's fair enough that's fair enough that well that this whole sequence in, in this book which is like in the final 100 pages like that's my favorite thing of this whole book what's did you already mention what your favorite thing of this of this book is, Marcus? I really like the. I actually really like the 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 book is split. It's it's split into three different books, and it in in the middle of each book there is a section um, dedicated to just script of the actual script that uh, Krista and Boxer have written for. That is referenced pretty heavily in the movie uh, for predicting the future. <clears throat> but um, we never really get to see any of it or know how it predicts the future, really. I, I actually, even though you're just kind of reading, like, kind of purposefully poorly written uh, dialogue and kind of funny, uh, I don't know, it's kind of funny, whatever, uh, script pages, I, I, I really like those. I, I I, I saw the the clearer vision of exactly how uh, everything was supposed to come together in the end of the movie. Yeah, and and, and it even and that also like left me with more questions because I don't fully understand how or who uh, in the movie is supposed to be the baby. Do you know what I mean? Like in the script. Uh, yeah. In the script, Jericho Kane and Krista are escorting. Um, the baby, um, I've got the name written down somewhere. I can't remember it, but boss baby, they're escorting the baby to, to the, the, the place where the new promised land will be that where the, they will all be sacrificed and the new promised land will, uh, the new Jerusalem, as they say, I'm, be, uh, I'm going to say that the baby is Sean William Scott. You think so? <laughs> I'm just guessing here. <laughs> and, and, but but, but and, I, I had that thought too. But like, what? The, the Rock and Sean William Scott don't have much interaction, and I don't like they kind of get there independently of one another. Yeah. What? Uh, don't they? I just want to go over some of this story because, to, for me as a podcast listener. I would like some clarity on what's going on here. So I'm going to okay, quick, I'm, yes, I'm, yeah, I'm going I, to quickly go through the plot of this um, comic and then wrap around to that baby thing, okay? Because I think me doing that will, I think, wrap around to what Kelly, who wrote this thing, uh, is going for in this comic and also in the movie, right? 
So I'm just going to quickly zoom through this thing. Uh, for the most part, this comic is about, uh, you know, introducing us to The Rock's character, um, Boxer uh, Santaros, right? And then uh, Krista Now, you know, Sir Michelle Geller, and then also Sean William Scott's character, you know, uh, Roland, right? Or Ronald. Um, you know, we're, we're introduced to these characters. You know, any question you have of like, where does the script come from in the movie? And how did, you know, uh, Boxer and Krista meet? You know, and also like, yeah. how did. Uh, um, Roland get involved, you know, with the, you know, with the neo-Marxists. You know, all that's answered in these, you know, three books, right? Um, I, I guess that's generally the, the idea. I mean, if you want, if you've seen the movie, you kind of know what I'm talking about because you know those characters, right? They're just introduced, you know, fully, and you know, and you, and the dots are filled of like, um, the uh, that the liquid karma. And the origins of that, and I, what I didn't know was like uh, the, the movie doesn't give details of like, you know, who uh, the um, who's related in terms of like I'm forgetting characters' names, Marcus. You, you know this movie Inside and Out. Who runs um, the the big company? Uh, who's the guy from uh, um, uh, Princess Diary? What's his character's name? Oh, uh, yeah, Wallace Shawn. His. Uh Oh, God damn it. I literally just read it one second ago while I was looking through my notes. The Westphalens, uh, Baron von Westphalen. Yeah. So I didn't know they were related to uh, Karl Marx, right? Like the his mother's – his mother is like the great-granddaughter of the wife of Karl Marx. And I was like, what? It's like, how is that not a bigger thing in the movie? <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of that's filled in. And then another de- detail I want to sprinkle in, and this ties into like the, the baby and like the Jerusalem thing. Uh, one detail I I enjoyed, although like it was one of those things I think you were alluding to earlier, Marcus, about like you'd rather it be more of a mystery than anything else. Is like yeah. uh, you find out that um, Krista, right, wrote the um, the screenplay that Santos carries around. And the way she came about writing that was she was, like, dosed with, like, mushrooms and was read the Book of Revelations. Yeah. 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 She, she was, she was, uh, she was uh, purposefully being monitored by the Westphalens because of her – they knew that she had some sort of psychic abilities to be able to foretell the, t- the future. And so they – yeah, they dosed her with mushrooms and and then in that – drugged up state she wrote this screenplay which does foretell the end of yeah not i guess not the world but los angeles yeah it, it I, yeah. I forget like it, it yeah it um uh i think it has something to do with like how you know the these players in the background are orchestrating this and revving up for the end of the world, like they're making this all happen just to have the world end, right? I think that's the yeah. overall theme, and that's why that script plays an important role in this book and in the movie. Which I'm glad they gave some credence to that. Like, oh, that's exactly why the book, why the the, the script, you know, is so um, relevant. Um, but going back to the baby thing, I don't know. It's and this is something I guess we'll get into when we talk about the movie itself, but I still don't understand the ending of Southland Tales, really. 
uh, and I can okay. s- I, uh, just just look at, like a few instances. I understand it, but like there are some things I just don't understand. Um, but yeah, Jericho Kane, uh, Santos, wh- however you want to call him, right? Because Jericho Kane is a character in the script that Santos is carrying around. Like, he's supposed to be Jesus Christ, and I know like her and Krista and the baby are supposed to be like this like holy trinity I think because that plays into it somehow yeah and maybe Sean William Scott is that third because who else will be the third and I don't know that's my interpretation anyway slight interpretation oh yeah he is oh no you're correct he is the baby because he has the same bowel movement thing yeah, yeah, that's right. You're yeah. right. Boom, done. Bowel You're right. Yeah, and they um, wait. Remind me. There's uh, the whole Sean William Scott's character in this book. His whole story is he can't take a shit. He's constipated. Do they mention that in the movie? Yes. They do. Um, I don't remember that. It's it's like the first time they're in the car. I think. Like or like 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 right after he wakes up and they they get him into the squad car with. Uh, with a uh, boxer, I want to say it happens in that conversation. Yeah, I don't. But, remember, I don't remember that at all. But that's just in that yeah. in the in this entire book. That's his thing. He's, he can't take a shit, which is yeah. an yeah. odd thing to have for a character. Period. <laughs> that, 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 that is his entire arc. Okay, so um, I, I feel better that I kind of went over that plot just for pe- so just so people can catch up with what's going on here. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What, else, what else can we say about this? Um, trying to think of anything else that really oh, yeah D- i thought of something and go ahead i might i might have an answer to this but i'm not really sure it feels to me like krista was written very differently in this graphic novel than she is in the movie mm-hmm. um well first off her tv show is not a part of the graphic novel whatsoever but i don't know she's a lot more uh scheming and uh uh, like, I guess, <sighs> smarter in the, the graphic novel than I think she's written in the movie. And I, there's kind of an explanation for that in the script where at some point Krista Kapowski was turned into Krista now during that plane incident, whatever the hell that was. Uh huh. So I, I guess that might be it, but maybe. I don't know. It's still, it's still like her writing in particular still felt like just odd to me because it felt like a different character. I think, I think maybe just the, the answer to that is just in the movie itself. I mean, it's hard to put that much characterization on screen when at that point in the movie, like it's supposed to be sold at the end that she was like a double agent or whatever. Right. Like they don't reveal her true intentions until the end of the movie. Right. Am I remember remembering that right? She's a double agent. Is she? Like she? Well, uh, she. She's not telling uh, Boxer the truth about anything. I guess that's what I mean when I say double agent. I just mean. Yeah. Yeah. He, she, she's like luring him into the situation, and he's not fully aware, right? In um, the graphic novel. In in the graphic novel, but in the movie though too, right? Yeah. Like yeah, it's. I don't know. I I, I I'm trying to talk my way out of this because I'm assuming just in the movie itself, like she's played. She's playing dumb, I think, and that's just heightened in the movie. Versus, yeah, versus, yeah. versus, like you seeing, you see her 
you know, talk to these players, like talk about like the scheming and stuff. So I don't know. I mean, to me, it kind of makes sense that they had to dumb her down in the movie a bit. If that's what we're talking about. I guess. Yeah. I, I, I can't, uh, <laughs> you obviously don't agree, but okay. <clears throat> no, I, 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 I don't, I don't not agree. This is something I need to think about more. I, I, I've, I've never really saw her in the movie as being, uh, as being conniving in the way that she is in this graphic novel at the start of it, how she, uh, inserts herself into boxers life, uh, for, for her own personal game. Um, but I guess I, I do need to reanalyze the movie because I, I, I have not watched it since I've read this, uh, graphic novel and I want to see, Oh, I, we need to do that and see how oh, uh, things change. You for think, us. you think we should watch Southland Tales? I think we should. Yeah. I think we should yeah. give that one more spin and see how that goes. We'll give it at least one more spin. The movie Southland Tales. <laughs> um, and then we'll, uh, uh, we should be writing notes of like what to keep an eye on for the next watch of Southland Tales. So one of them is, is the handling of the character Krista now, see how that goes um did okay another note write this down marcus is i i don't remember the syringes uh being used as much in the movie as they are in the comic book because um the rocks character boxer uses the syringes a lot and also do they do they ever explain in the book in this book like why he's doing that at all like there's no I mean, he's part. He's, explain it, explain yeah. it to me, Marcus. Do you know? He's being told to do it by. Uh, is it the Westphalens? Or I think so, right? Um, it, well, hold to, on. I, I'm just going to interrupt you by saying this book starts almost exactly how the movie starts with like Boxer Santaros in the middle of the desert. And I, I yeah. still do not understand fully why he's there period he is <laughs> do you know Marcus <laughs> I know why they they are there it's uh, Roland and Boxer were together driving in the desert and then they went through the time hole or whatever and caused a big explosion I don't know. And, I, 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 and made two copies of them, and then the yeah. one boxer died, but the other, but the other Roland survived. It's like the one. <sighs> Jesus Christ! This it, this is the thing that like this, it, it might seem silly that we are about to to devote as much time <laughs> as we are to about fifteen hours worth covering. Of time. Yeah, to covering this film and all of its intricacies, but. I, I think it is going to be worth it because at this point I have seen this movie a, a dozen times and more than that and I, I've watched it since I was like I, I it came out in 2005 I, I probably saw it on DVD for the first time in like 2006 as, a, as like an, a 10 or 11 year old and I I've and I've watched it consistently throughout the years because I just I love this movie so much and there are so many things I still do not fully understand about it and I, I do think it's worthy of discussion because I do think ultimately these things, like when we find out their answers, they're probably going to be interesting or like we're going to have different perspectives on it. I, 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 I really am interested to see how this thing holds up to the examination that we're going to give it. And like what what we're talking about now, we're, we're stumbling through it, even though we've seen this movie multiple times. I, I, I think that is just 
the pitch for this podcast, I guess, is what we were just doing. And I'm hoping we I'm hoping we can get to that answer. I'm going to make that note, too. Um, I just want to correct you on one thing, Marcus. You said you saw this movie in 2006 when it originally came out in 2005. It originally premiered at Cannes in 2006 and then premiered uh, in in the States theatrically in 2007, which I... Pardon me. So it would have been like 12. I, I, I just messed up the years of this too, actually, because I thought this came out... I, I knew this was... I, I knew it came out in 2006 at Cannes, right? And so it's the only reason we're doing this show because... The 15th anniversary of that screening at Cons is coming up, or it's already it's already out. I mean, it's already done. Uh, the, this episode is coming out after that because the the podcast itself is premiering on the 15th anniversary. Anyway, but for some reason, I thought it came out that year in 2006, but no, it's 2007. So they waited like a year and a half later to release this movie uh, theatrically, which is understandable, I guess, now considering how badly it tested. Fuck! How, how many edits? I just thought of something. How many edits uh, there were? Uh, what do you think of Marcus? The, the the reason they had to keep taking the uh, the syringes is because the fluid karma users have some sort of psychic connection to each other, and oh yeah, they probably that that could be how like maybe the movie doesn't show it, but that could be how they're kind of communicating like where they should be. But I don't know. But Roland still seems to end up getting where he gets by total accident. So I I don't know. It is. It is um, a point I want to make is that the answers I kind of wanted weren't the answers I got, uh, and then the answers I got sometimes weren't the ones that I needed in this comic book. That's a great. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What else? Because what uh, else can we say about this? Um, I know. They understood why they cut that guy's thumb off now. I guess I, I don't think I understood that before. Oh, actually, I did know that. I, I, I think uh, watching that movie, uh, watching because I did rewatch South Antos a few weeks ago, um, and I think I don't know if it was in the cons cut or the, or the theatrical cut. I didn't see all of the cons cut, but in one of those cuts, they mentioned something about the thumbs, and it made sense to me watching the movie when I did. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, well, well. Again, write that down. We're going to focus on that next time we see the movie. Sure. How much they talk about the sure. thumbs. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of what else they added in that I liked, but I'm having a hard time thinking about it because I think we covered everything I liked about <laughs> this comic book. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not gonna say it was a, it was a struggle to get through, but some of it was a struggle to get through. Oh, okay. I, I still don't 100. percent This this novel did more to explain him than the movie does. I still don't fully understand Kevin Smith's character. Oh, you know what? Like, I, I I you know I'm glad you brought that up because Kevin Smith's character. I have the cast list here too. Um, he 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 was featured prominently in this graphic novel. In the novel. graphic novel, Simon yeah, Theory. He, he he's. Simon Theory, he's, he's the one that, like, sets up the test um, on the soldiers, giving them fluid karma. Yeah. He refers to um, everything as, like, a giant Dungeons & Dragons game that he feels like he's a part of or is in control of. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I did enjoy, like, him being, um, you know, the person these characters go to for their experiments 
and like he he was at the table for like these behind the scenes discussions of like what's going on with like the mm-hmm. West Westphalans, right? So I I enjoyed him being featured more, you know, than the than the movie because what the, in the movie he's like there for like five minutes at the very end, it seems like. But he seemed like a big player here, and also somebody who I think is featured here and not featured in, in the theatrical cut at all is I think Janine Garofalo's character, right? I think General Tina MacArthur. I think she's featured in here a few times. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh. yeah, and she, she, she's, she's in the theatrical cut for like one frame. Or yeah. Something. At the very end was like Justin Timberlake. Yeah. 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 You're right. Like in a frame at the very end, but I, I actually don't know. Cause again, I haven't seen all of the cons cut yet. I don't know how much she plays in the cons cut. So we'll see. Uh, yeah. Write that we down. See. Write it down. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, there, there was something I was going to bring up, but I completely forgot it. So maybe, maybe we'll we'll, we'll come back to that. Uh, we'll we'll Sasso's character, Fortuna Balducci. I, I, yeah, I like I liked getting more Fortunio. Yeah, um, Fortunio. And I also I I think through the script they explain even more that Martin Kefauver is supposed to just be some fucking guy, and I I really enjoy that how he is the key to everything, but he is just some fucking guy and i i really i like that a lot yeah um yeah i know i i enjoy how much he he's a piece of player at the beginning of of this comic book um but yeah he is just some guy his dialogue is a little (laughs) (laughs) i think everybody's dialogue is a little in this yeah especially in the script but i guess that's on purpose so i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) um Uh, what else? What else can we say about this? I still cannot remember what I was going to say. It was going to be something so great, so it would have made me seem so smart, but right. I completely forgot what it was. Um, maybe we should wrap up the section of the podcast about this comic book. What else can yeah, we say? Let's let's. Oh, I, I, I'll just. Oh, oh, hey. No wait, no wait. I have something else. What you got? But what, what do you got? What do you have? What do you have? Uh, I was I was going to wrap up the section. So okay. uh, you first. So, it, in a nod I appreciated, right, is uh, when um, Krista and Boxer are together in one scene, and they're watching the movie Kiss Me Deadly, okay? And Krista references that uh, the, the, the character, I think of Jericho Kane in the script uh, that she wrote, is based on the character in Kiss Me Deadly. And you know they have sex while the movie plays in the background. I think that was a good nod. My suggestion is we should watch Kiss Me Deadly <laughs> for this podcast. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> <We> should, sure. <laughs> and if they have a commentary on that, we should watch. You listen to the commentary. We should really second get into episode, the, yeah. second episode. Yeah, second episode. Whatever. We should do two episodes. Whatever to keep us from getting I'm the kidding. Southland Tales. It's fine. I two get episodes. It. It's fine. On the film Kiss Me Deadly. <laughs> Uh, which which I own on on Blu-ray, by the way, uh, and I've never seen. Congratulations! I, oh, thank you. Fin- that's, finally, that's very cool. I've been Marcella. waiting for somebody to congratulate me on a on a Blu-ray I've had for ten years. I've not seen. <laughs> uh, uh, the roller coaster. I kind of want to mention that. It's oh, a little yeah. weird. Oh yeah. Thank uh, you what, for bringing what's up with the roller coaster. What? Okay, so there's no mention of this roller coaster in the movie. I'm pretty sure. None. None. Zero. So. 
the uh, so boxer wants to go ride this roller coaster in the desert ah okay see a lot of these things i remember now and i've forgotten i just read this thing this morning and this is one of those things that just i did not remember until you brought it up but he he goes on the roller coaster and he sees the face of this native american who was alive like what 500 years ago or something and that native american in the past also had these powers of of time travel like these like yeah. this, it, it opened up like a a brief window in time where these two men you know years you know hundreds of years apart could see each other and wave at each other um i don't know why it's there <laughs> maybe just to I, prove I, that yeah no, boxer what they, has what they say yeah go what ahead. they say is that event is what um ruptured the space-time continuum okay um it and it immediately healed itself as soon as the roller coaster came back to the present time but it left the space-time continuum wounded now i don't i don't know why like i'm gonna my guess right now is that is what opens up when roland and ronald meet each other and uh there's like that big glowy shit happening outside the ice cream truck as it rises into the ground into the sky like i think that they're like reopening that wound in that scene that's that's what i got from that um but then i also don't know what why do you need that but also the the slowing down of the earth i don't i don't know how those things go together it seems like two different apocalyptic events are going to be happening. I, I, yeah. Um, I'm with you in utter confusion about it. Um, again, something I wish were made more clear in this graphic novel. Oh, Just what, what, is, what is her name? Uh, Hillary Clinton. Who are you talking about? Good Lord. Continue what you were saying. No, no, no that, that was it. I was wrapping up my sentence by just saying, um, again, I wish things were made more clear in this graphic novel, but we're not. Uh, I, I, the, it, it, if anything, there's just they added more in uh, that that confuses me because uh, I still don't know where this uh, this tear. I don't see, maybe it's because I don't see this tear in the space time continuum that I just don't understand it. And if they just shown it in some way in either this book or the movie, I think I'd be happier. And what I'm saying is I think they did show it. That is what they were attempting to show when, when Roland and Ronald are going into the sky. But I, I think we'll examine that further. Are they close to a roller coaster or not when that happens? Um, so are they close to uh, a roller coaster situation yeah. in terms of, in comparison to the roller coaster sequence in this comic book? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Like are are the uh, is where that happens? Is that on Venice Beach where the where the roller coaster is located? You know what I mean? Wait, did, okay. This is getting into the nitty gritty details of a comic nobody has read except except us. But <laughs> yes, in the, in the comic book sequence where they uh, go to the roller coaster, maybe I wasn't paying attention. But where uh, it, that roller coaster is at Venice Beach? I think it is. Yeah, I, I want to say it is. Okay. For, for for some reason, I thought it was like in the desert somewhere. I don't know. I th- I th- you, you might be right. But what, what? Krista and Boxer go to it together. Wait, but 
Why? So it's I guess it's wherever they were. Why would a why would a Native American be on Venice Beach? Wait, what am I thinking? Oh wait, maybe maybe a Native American would be in Venice Beach. That's California, have, right? That's I the no West. Idea. I don't know that. History. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, I, I know Southland Tales and. <laughs> Um, okay. but, uh, uh, my last thing, uh, I like the Bai Ling's character was more of a thing. Oh yeah. Um, in the movie, she, she's this kind of very mysterious. You think she has more of a thing to do with everything than, uh, than the movie lets on. And I guess through the, uh, graphic novel, they kind of explain more of what her deal is. Yeah. I, I do enjoy uh, that. She she has more to do for sure in the book here than the movie. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think that's I think that might be my last observation. Yeah. Um, uh that thing I forgot about that I can't remember now, I still can't remember it. I know it was something something good, but I just can't uh, can't think of it. But no overall It's a damn shame. Overall like I um uh uh, uh I wish more people uh knew what we were talking about. Uh, because yeah. um. it, 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 it is going to be weird releasing this, releasing this episode and having I'm going to guess I'm not okay let's put it at a percentage there are 100% of people who listen to this podcast right out of that 100% of people I'd say about 2% have read this graphic novel <laughs> yeah yeah uh, or you know what you know uh, maybe there are super fans of South Hills who have the old disc because you know uh, I think it's on Amazon for like what like ten bucks the the Blu-ray disc yeah not even yeah 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 so so maybe I I, I think yeah okay go on maybe you know, I, maybe I'm not giving enough credit to people who really love you know South Hills and who have the old disc and who would watch or who would read this entire graphic novel so yeah maybe there are going to people be people out there who know what we're talking about so maybe it won't be two percent maybe it'll be like oh no thirty percent. Maybe that's maybe that's good. Okay. So thirty percent of you are enjoying what we're saying because you know, understand what's going on. The other seventy percent, no fucking idea, because this is all. I also think it's. I'm imagining like, well, we don't know yet. We're, nothing's nothing's uh, concrete. But so far, we've been doing these episodes alone. But I think we are going to end up bringing on guests at some point onto this show, and I. I hope we have learned something from this graphic novel to be able to answer some of the questions that they are going to inevitably have about this movie. Let me <laughs> um, let me rephrase that and say, I certainly hope Marcus Irving uh, has has uh, gathered all the information and can answer every question about Southland Tales. I hope so too. <laughs> I, I want to, I want I want to be the Southland Tales historian. I want to be the I want to be like 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 the the, the Star Wars universe, they have their, their canon keeper guy. I want to be that guy for Richard Kelly. Uh, Marcus, uh, tell me the month and date in the year this, that this was released theatrically. Shut, South on Tales. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you should know this by heart. As a South on Tales historian. Uh, May 21st, 2007. No, you got it wrong by a year. That was the cons release, th- but 2006. No, we're looking for November 14th, 2007 is when it came out theatrically. All right. Very close. Very close. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we'll just edit me saying that. No. Um, uh, but yeah, so that is the graphic novel. That's this, this, the prequel saga of Southland Tales. Again, 
um, readily available on the old Blu-ray of Southland Tales. Not on the Arrow release, by the way. We, we didn't mention that. For some reason, it's not on the Arrow release, uh, which is a, a, an exceptional release of a movie, but is missing that one thing. I think that's the only special feature that did not carry over from the old Blu-ray, is that prequel yeah. comic. Yeah. Uh, odd, odd. But anyway, maybe Kelly has plans for let's, that. Let's... And maybe, uh, you know... My guess is, my wild hair, my wild guess here is that, uh, you know, all that stuff we said at the top with Kelly and his plans to, you know, make uh, more Southland Tales. Maybe he is just not releasing this. He's not reprinting this because he does want to make this into, you know, uh, an animated sequence um, and, and, you know, yeah. uh, and staple it on Southland Tales. It, it, maybe, that's the, the, maybe that's the best way to go. Just animate this whole thing. Bring in the actors, because that's the easiest way to bring in the old actors. You know, you don't have to show them on camera. You just need their voices. And, yeah, just add that to, you know, the uncut Southland Tales as it is. And that'll be be it. Like a six-hour, you know, version of uh, Kelly's vision. So, yeah, there you go. I solved it. Congratulations, Marcelo. <laughs> let's uh, let's wrap this thing up uh, with the thing. I, I the thing that let's I let's wrap our discussion of the graphic novel up. We're not we're not done oh, with the wait, show. I thought, one I, more thing to I, discuss. Thought, I thought we already wrapped it up. I, th- I thought I wrapped it up so well. Uh, I wanted to give my final thought that I think that do I think I'm this right? is worth reading? Do I think this is worth? Re- you're you're so right. I, I love everything you said, and you're very right. <laughs> but do I think this is worth reading, Marcel? I want to answer that question. I and I want to say I don't. You don't think so? I, I, I think I don't. No, I after, think it does. After fill I in just said, after I just said, uh, maybe maybe you should look it up. Maybe you know, pick up that old Blu-ray, and I think it is worth. I think it yeah. is worth people's time if they enjoy the movie. I think it is. But you're saying controversially, in my I, opinion, nobody should read this personally. I don't think nobody should. I think if you are the right amount of Southland Tales diehard, sure, go ahead. But I, I think that there are details I'm glad I have, but I think there are enough details I wish I didn't have from this that I it is going to make me see the movie differently. It's not going to make I don't dislike the movie now or anything, but it's something that I don't I don't think it adds it adds enough for me to care, and I I, I like. I, I know I like the mystery more than some of this explanation. You and know, I, 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 that's all it comes down to for me. Like I, I you know, what I mean, matter of opinion. Um, we we disagree on this because I, I was thinking about this as we were recording. Um, uh, I and also I was thinking about this when I watched that short, which we'll get to and, and quickly discuss. Um, this sort of feels like uh, the Matrix and like the Animatrix and the Matrix video game, like the ancillary Matrix world around the sequels. Sure, that the Wachowskis uh, created, and I just think it did. You know, it's uh, there's some of it I do like, some of it I don't like, but I think coming from a visionary like Richard Kelly, because that's what he calls himself, is a visionary director, Richard Kelly. Um, I think it's it's interesting to get inside his mind with this world because I for sure can tell right away he's passionate about this world. And uh, yeah, for sure. to, to get a glimpse into these characters' backstory and like these little, like we said, all of the good stuff of this filling in the dots for better or worse, I think it's worth it. If, you know, you enjoy Southland Tales. 
because that's my disclaimer. If you enjoy it, yeah, I think you might get a kick out of the prequel saga. Yeah, but what yeah, you're there, saying there's is nothing in here that would make you a fan of it. Like that, that's that's definitely for sure. Yeah, no, you know, if you're automatically, if you're like, no, Seth Lantos is a piece of shit, like our good friend Rocky Warriors would say, um, definitely not. Don't don't bother reading this thing. No way, no way. Um, but but yeah, this is where we disagree, Marcus. You say no, I say yes. And that's and that's why we're such great co-hosts. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's we, why we, we hate each other. That's we're, why. we're on both sides. We're on, we, we we present both sides. Now let's see if we can fall on the same side uh, when it comes to this next thing we're talking about. Quickly, uh, let's 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 get the segment done faster than the actual se- uh, yeah. short itself. Yeah. What's what's this short yes. that we saw called? What, what what's it called? Uh. uh the, the apocalypse. <laughs> uh, this is the way the world ends. Okay, it, good. It's a I, was, I was about to read animated, it. like yeah. nine, a little like nine minute animated short that uh, it's set after. It's set like hundreds of years after the events of Southland Tales, and it's beyond humanity. Humanity has been wiped out, and now the Earth is inhabited by um, these new beings that have come about and. Uh, they are shown that they still kind of have the same prejudices that humans had. And maybe it's given you a glimpse that, uh, perhaps this stuff is all cyclical and it's just all going to happen again. I, yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about this, Marcelo? <laughs> I really did not enjoy this. Uh, yeah. I'm actually going to look this up. I want to know who directed this, actually. Um, I do, too, actually. I want to see, like, did, did these animators, have they worked on anything else? Like, I, I, the animation style, it reminded me of one of those very cheap uh, Adult Swim shows. Like yeah, Squid Billies or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm looking up real quick. Uh, D. Austin Robertson. Uh, he is okay. the director of this. I'm going to quickly look at his credits, but I'll, I'll say this added nothing for me. Like, um, no. Conversely... I mean, uh, uh, this is the complete opposite of the prequel saga for me. Um, what they added in to the South End Tales franchise, I did not like. I don't think it lines up at all to the end of South End Tales leading into this short. It doesn't make sense. Because in this short, they said the world ended, humanity ended because of nuclear bombs. But didn't the world end at the end of South End Tales because of... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ coming back and like parallel universes colliding and that's how the world yeah. ended, right? So that that doesn't line up and the animation style wasn't very good. Yeah, a lot of it, I don't know. Yeah. And it felt very separated from this world because Kelly didn't had did not have a hand in it. I don't think. Maybe it's production company. Oh really? I, I, I'm gonna double check, but see, maybe I, maybe uh, maybe I, it's a producer, but he didn't write it. He didn't direct it. So, yeah, it's odd. This doesn't feel like it should be part of the South End Tales universe. <laughs> no, it, I the, the, I thought this, the, I, I fully agree with you. I thought this was kind of a, a piece of shit. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know what this added. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't make sense. It looks terrible it's it's like disgusting to look at it like i think the animation style is truly abhorrent and i think the the uh um sorry the like i lost my train of thought 
They, I don't know. I, I thought it felt very uh, ham-fisted in a way that I don't think Southland Tales does. Like, it, it's very obvious. It's very, this is the story, and this is how it happened, and blah, blah, blah. And Southland Tales is certainly not that. It is a fucking complex weaving web of crazy bullshit. And to think that, and to have it in my head that this is where it all goes, I, I hate that. <laughs> I truly do hate that. Um, no, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's poorly made. Yeah. Uh, I'm not finding any real... Nobody watched this. No, it, yeah, yeah. It, it is... We, we can agree on this. We disagreed on the last thing. We can both say, do not watch it. It's on the Arrow release of Southland Tales. It's on that Blu-ray. I don't know why, but it's on there. Don't watch it. Please don't. Don't waste your nine minutes. Somebody, somebody had to have remastered that, because it, it looks, like, clean. Like, it looks really... Uh, sharp like the and I so somebody clearly they put some amount of effort into remastering this thing and I, I cannot for the life of me imagine why I don't I don't know what it adds I, I, I think it might even take away a little and they I don't know it's yeah. just a very weird thing I, I'm looking it up and yes the only connection really to Southland Tales it's it's made by uh, Bo Pop Paulus Brothers Film Factory which have produced Southland Tales and some Donnie Darko documentaries. Uh, and that's, that's it really. Uh, again, I, I, I don't know the, 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 the link between this short and Southland Tales is tenuous at best, but that's, that's it. That's that. Uh, we, we've settled that discussion uh, about uh, what should be in the canon of Southland Tales and what shouldn't be in the canon, right? I think that's that's the uh, question yeah. and, uh, question asked and answered on this episode. Yeah, yeah. So where does that leave us? Where do we go from here, Marcus? Well, Marcelo, we either <laughs> finally start discussing Southland Tales, we can do part one of our 13-part discussion on the film, or we can go watch... Uh, kiss me deadly. What, what do you think? Which one? What are these? Of those two options, what are we gonna do? Now listen, okay. I uh, when I said earlier in this episode that we should watch Kiss Me Deadly, I was half serious because it it is a very big reference point. Obviously, I think to Kelly. Uh, I mean, he doesn't make this bold reference in the movie itself, right? I don't think so. You know, to anything, really? Marcus? I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if, like, there's... <laughs> I don't know. Because, like, yeah, he, he, he does... In the movie itself, there's no reference to, like, another movie. They don't mention Kiss Me Deadly. I don't think, you know, they're watching any movie. But, yeah, uh, Kelly is very purposefully put in, you know, these the stills of Kiss Me Deadly and the title screen of Kiss Me Deadly. There might be something there, is what I'm saying, you know, or like you mm-hmm. said, we can just, you know, all jokes aside, let's maybe, maybe we should start Southland Tales, but who knows, right? <laughs> I, I look, the, the the origins of this podcast and every episode previous to this one uh, have started as jokes, so we'll we'll see, we'll see what happens, I guess. 
Yeah. Um, so, so listeners. But, but I, look, either way, we'll come back. We'll be, we'll be here. We'll be we'll, back. We'll, we'll do something. And also, this, this is maybe an off my conversation, but I think at the end of each episode, we kind of do this. But I always had it in mind that we do a commentary of South End Tales first, and then we do the discussion of South End Tales in the uh, twelve parts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think this is an all-fair conversation. <laughs> but that means look, that, that they, means but, Marcus but disagrees with me. That's, there's a third. There's a third thing that we could do. End the series right now. This is the final episode. No, the third thing is the commentary. Oh, okay. <laughs> we start talking about the movie piece by piece. We do a commentary, or we go watch Kiss Me Nedley for two episodes. We, <laughs> those are our three options, and we are going. We don't know which one this is yet, but we are going to take the way less traveled. Is there, um, you know, you know how like um, every few months um, that you know, a list goes around of like Scorsese's favorite movies or Fincher's favorite movies. Has Kelly ever done one of those? Has Richard Kelly ever made like a list of like twenty-five best films according to Richard Kelly? It's <laughs> a good question, Marcel. So we good should question. maybe we should dive in through those twenty-five movies first, and then South End Tales. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Whatever. Whatever. Whatever it takes. Let's go through the discography of Moby. Yeah. We we should look up because I because yeah he's the composer or whatever. South End Tales donated a lot of music to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. We should should go through his discography leading up into South End Tales. Yeah. We should we should also do um uh. Oh my god, this this is gonna be a good joke, but I lost it, man. The the Rock and Sean William Scott movie, uh, the Jungle. The, yeah, the Rundown. The Rundown and Walking and Walking Tall. Don't they have two movies together? Was he in Walking Tall too? Was William Scott in Walking Tall? Look this up. I don't think this. I think this is the third time they've worked together, but it it, it might be the second. They're like the Bruce Willis and Samuel Jackson of right movies. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, are you mixing up um, Sean William Scott with Johnny Knoxville? Because I don't see Sean William Scott on the cast list of Walking Possibly. Tall. Possibly. That's possible. Uh, nope. Sean William Scott is not in Walking Tall. Sorry, listeners. We're not doing a Walking Tall episode. Or we could. The Rundown and... That cannot possibly be it. Yeah, that that that's it. So here's what we're doing, listeners. Doing an episode on Kiss Me Deadly, then the rundown, and then if we feel like it, South End Tales. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I, I just have to go with it at this point. Like, no, no, no. Whatever happens, happens. <clears throat> uh, I, I just enjoy uh, torturing Marcus. I don't, know if, I don't know if people got that got that gist uh, through listening to these episodes, Marcus. I definitely got it. <laughs> Marcus so. got it. Okay. Let's end this episode. This okay. is this is the end of the episode. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have a long talk after this. Um, Marcus, do we do plugs on this? I, I can't remember. No, we, we do not do re- plugs on this. We, do we refuse not do plugs. Uh, we will never break that rule. I will never no tell people to go to talkfromsociety.com. I will never tell people to go to the Patreon, patreon.com slash talkfromsociety. I will now and I will never tell people to follow Marcus at Gunk Blader, G U N K B L A D R. Sorry, I got that wrong. G U N K B L A D E R. And I'll never tell people to follow me on Instagram at Marcelo J Pico. I will never tell people to do that. 
Um, but that's yeah. it. Uh, yeah, yeah, no plugs, zero plugs. And the thing that we leave people with, Marcelo, is we like to say to them that hey, they should have, have a nice, nice apocalypse. apocalypse.